Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga, a podcast for the body, heart, and mind. We are thrilled to have with us again Dr. Susanna Mazzoni. She's a lifestyle medicine physician. She's also a yoga teacher and an Enneagram 3. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about ways that we can work on living well, and that includes sleep. It includes the way that we eat, exercise, and so many other things. The documentary that's new to Netflix called Live to 100, Secrets of the Blue Zones, is even mentioned. And we are talking about how we can show up for ourselves in ways that are going to improve our health outcomes so that we can move towards living to be 100. We also talk a little bit today about Susanna's Enneagram personality and how that shows up in her life. It's a really fun episode. We really appreciate you listening to this podcast. Thanks so much for your support, and we are just going to dive right in. In your own life, what are the roadblocks that keep you from living this lifestyle medicine way? Yeah, sleep. <laughs> okay, okay. Definitely, sleep is is definitely where I struggle the most. I mean, I think, um, and that whole kind of like, oh, and as part of that, I think is it it contri- it's it's uh, related to that. There's always so much to do, and you never feel like your to do list is done. And that's the the type three. Right, right. Well, you know, because it's like you're like, I I have never made a realistic to-do list in my life. And then, and so you get it and you're like still doing it. And half the time I'm writing, you know, because I do a lot of education on sleep, right? I do a lot of of, of webinars and various like, you know, because it's so pivotal and I know it's so pivotal, which makes it even worse, right? Because I'll Mm -hmm. be up potentially writing a talk on my screen at night, right before bed, on sleep. And then it's like in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, you know, natural killer cells, you know, my hormone imbalance, all the things that go on with sleep yeah. deprivation and the knowledge of the detriment of that. I think I'd probably sleep better if I didn't have that knowledge base behind it. But that's always been the struggle. And it's certainly the first thing to, if I get overwhelmed or overwrought, um, that's where I struggle most. And so, mm-hmm. and it's a lot better. And, and it's a great thing about, you know, when you just put your foot into this world of, hmm, it doesn't have to look one way. Right. Then all of a sudden, I've just taken, uh, we have just taken our kids out of, um, so they're all doing these homeschool co-ops. And so we haven't set an alarm in the morning all year for the first time ever, right? And I'm not saying financially this is a great decision, but it's been great for their education. And also because it's like this goal of saying, this is where we need support. And, and so often, why do you not sleep? Well, you know, I mean, granted, I need to get to bed earlier and I'm striving to do that Mm -hmm. and getting a wind down and, and, and that is hard for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but also to wake up when you're meant to wake up on your own body's clock and to create your built environment and not everybody can do that at the same time. That's just been something that, that we have prioritized, right? After I had a whole life, you know, being a swimmer. My swim coach used to be in my driveway before five in the morning yeah. where he would pick me up because, yeah. you know, and, and so, and then all through college, all these morning practices and then staying up because I was always, you know, if it wasn't a straight A, then it wasn't yeah. happening, you know, so, so it was sleep deprivation and then through med school and then through residency, 
yeah. with our, you know, 80 hour limit work week, which was mm-hmm. often exceeded, you know, in, in, it was just so many years and then child rearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, still not one night. time, but three, right, like three, <laughs> that's right. And then like Milo still got in our bed again last night. I don't know, but regardless, he's eight. They should yeah. just stop by now. But regardless, he's a lovely, lovely child. But regardless, you have enough struggles. And so what you can do to, to really mm-hmm. empower yourself around where you struggle and to be compassionate to that yeah. and to know what your needs are around mm-hmm. that. Not to pound more coffee, but to say, you know, I'm going to have some nighty night tea. Yeah. yeah. What I need. And yeah. I'm going to say no to some stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's the work of the three because they do have a propensity towards workaholism and you know we often say with the threes you're not a human doing you're a human being yeah and so (laughs) learning to rest is so important for the type type three and my husband is the three and so I can totally relate because I'll be in bed at nine o'clock and he'll roll in at 12 30 in the morning I mean and so we all have based on our personalities things we have to work on but does that resonate that rest oh yeah just slowing down as part of your emotional work yes yes and then what you know and where I feel like well I'm gonna have self-care so I'm gonna go do a high-intensity interval training (laughs) 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 but like you know I remember Jessica did she make me go to a restorative class once because and I I, I was like but I went like intentionally and it was the most amazing thing. Did I go again? No, but I really should. But it was, it was the most beautiful, amazing thing. And, of course, I was like, that is what I need. Yeah. And yeah. have I done it again? So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yes, amen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some non-negotiables when it comes to your health and your family's health? And before you answer, I don't know if you remember. So our kids were in the same school at one point in time, a few years ago. And I don't know how you and I got on the conversation. We were at school, but it was a birthday party celebration. So for the parents uh, who are listening, you know, what do you send to the classroom on a birthday? The damn cupcakes. (laughs) Mm. And there was, and I mean, unnatural colors. <laughs> you don't know what they're made out of. It Mommy, just, it, why it, is it, my poo blue? Yeah, right, like everything. Why is red and why can I not take it off? So all the things. And you said, why does it have to be that those damn cupcakes? Like, And I was like, oh, I don't know about what could it be. Like, I, you, you stopped me in my tracks. I couldn't even think, like, but what could it be? Yeah. So it's it was several years ago. So I have a junior. I think it was Olive, and she's turning seventeen in October. I mean, it was a minute back. So yeah. yeah. Talk to me about the non-negotiables because right. I know your health journey spills out to your family. Yes. And I just recently like saw not. <laughs> your sweet girl's picture, and she was baking yes. something, and it was healthy. So talk to me. Yes. So yeah. So food is a big deal, and we've had, you know, I've got to say, I don't have this down. Yes, food for your kids is really, really hard. Yes. Uh, It's a lot easier before they go to school. And then when they go to school and, you know, your kids come back and be like, my best friend's eating a chocolate sandwich. (laughs) You know, it's hard, Mm -hmm. right? Because everybody loves, you know, junk food. Sure. Mm -hmm. Right? It's easy and and there's no blame in this whole thing because we are just trying to stay alive and get our kids to eat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's hard. But food is really important. We don't, so what we make in our house, and it doesn't mean that we don't ever have junk food, right? So that, mm-hmm. but, but that it's a conscious decision that there won't be any junk food unless there's something good. 
Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you, like, there's no maple syrup in our house without ground flax. Okay. So, so that's how, so, and we'll make, we'll make pancakes. How do we make pancakes in our house? We'll make them with banana, with oats, with, with, you know, plant-based milk, with a little vanilla, some, some fruit in a blender, right? Mm-hmm. And so you put it in there and then you, and it makes a fantastic pancake, mm-hmm. right? And it's, and, and it's not refined, right? And mm-hmm. it's really good. And yeah, we'll put some, and I'll usually put a flax egg in there and then, but also they don't know the taste of maple syrup without flax on it. And it's actually quite good. Like that mm-hmm. combo. You know, I don't actually eat a lot of maple syrup, but, but that means that. So, and the same with like, a, you can have a sweet potato and we'll put ground flax and, and Ceylon cinnamon on it. And you can have a little maple syrup on it if you want it in a sweet way. Right. But, you, but the flax is non-negotiable. So, so there's, mm-hmm. it's just like that you can have a treat, but we have to make sure that our whole foods are represented. Yeah. Right, that that you never pass up a fiber opportunity or a whole nutrient opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that every meal you have a fruit, a veg, beans, you know, something that is going to sustain you, that's going to fuel your microbiome. And it doesn't mean that you don't have treats, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that by any means that we're perfect. Um, but it, it's it's just that they recognize that what food is, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. really really important because it's sad in this country and it's exactly that the standard american diet is yeah. is unfortunate yeah but it is the norm and it's addictive and and you have to fight against the norm in order to eat anything different yeah and and kids especially i know man it's hard work because maddie who was making that gingerbread mm-hmm. she made a, a plant-based gingerbread cookie so she's really into baking mm-hmm. but she's the pickiest pickiest one of them all the boys are like all right all right what do i get you know yeah. <laughs> they'll just mm-hmm. eat whatever it doesn't yeah. matter but maddie is so Particular. 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 Selective. Yes, which is going to help her along the way because she will never be crossed. Mm -hmm. And I love that. She's Mm -hmm. got, she is a powerhouse. However, finding power through her baking is is really good. Mm -hmm. And she loves doing that Mm -hmm. and trying to say, okay, so we're not going to use the butter or the coconut oil, we're gonna use applesauce. And then mm-hmm. she's like, I thought you might want one of these cookies, mommy, so I put applesauce instead. So just t- teaching her the healthy replacements that still work really well in baked products, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're gonna use almond butter, we're gonna use this, we're gonna use oats instead of refined white flour. You can do mm-hmm. all of these trades, and so she's learning that, and that's really powerful. Um, does that mean she's gonna eat mushrooms again? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but you know, it's a little bit by little bit. So, so that's kind of. A you really didn't care for beets at her age, so and look at you now. Don't so around. don't write off mushrooms just yet. <laughs> exactly. I hope she comes back. She used to love them. But yeah, so I'd say whole food is really important. Yeah, non-negotiable. Um, non-negotiable. Great. Got yeah. it. Anything else? We are pretty limited on screens, much to my twelve-year-old's chagrin. <laughs> But, you know, that's part of lifestyle medicine as well is that you're saying there are limits to this. And we know the research. It says that the more screen time you have, the more distracted you are, the less present for life you are. And it it affects intelligence. It, you know, can lead to behaviors that mimic ADHD. And yeah, 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 and impairs your sleep. And, you know, and if you impair your sleep, you have more anxiety. I mean, it's just this circuit. So, you know, but, but, and also there was, the word bored is not allowed to be spoken in our house. If they say it, then, then we take away screens for two more weeks. <laughs> They're like, oh, you are, are you? Well, you find something to do. <laughs> ah. Play with rocks and sticks like we used to. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, I, I can't that. say they, you know, I do think, though, they go to other households and they're like, Wow, this is how other people live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, this <Shocked>. is amazing. 
<laughs> so, you know, there's a balance, right? Because yes. you can go too far, and I have gone yeah. too far. And so, and you know, in that, it's a, it's a humble journey. Sure. And I don't want to push too far, right? What do yeah. we not want? We don't want eating disorders. Yes. You know, we don't, we don't want to be so rigid about it. We ha- you know, so, so, and it's a hard move to try to find, to give them power. Balance. Um, mm-hmm. And balance in that. And, you know, and I, can, I cannot say that I have it mastered, so... You know, we're in this together. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I know that in addition to being a medical doctor, you're also a certified yoga teacher. And we've talked a little bit about that, but just tell me a little bit more about like yoga and how it's changed your life and why you advocate for this way of life for others. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so yeah, so again, like back when I was in residency and seeing seeing that it was what people needed that they didn't mm-hmm. have and it was my own like how did I get introduced to yoga was I was on a swimming scholarship in college and my coach was a Pampax coach so we went to Australia and he and at that time a lot of times were dropping in terms of that that swimming people were swimming faster and yoga seemed to be the missing link mm-hmm. you know these wow. and these swimmers were finding their body position in the water they were just more aware and and so he came back from Pampax and said we're starting yoga. You don't have to do it, but but I'd encourage you to do it. Similar to football, how right. they yeah. have a lot of the football players do yoga or ballet. Yes, totally, yeah. totally. Oh, yeah. And so he brought it, and that was, and I was like, "What is this? Yeah, <laughs> this is amazing." And that was at my senior year, or is that my junior? Year? I can't remember what year that was, but it was like the beginning of this whole. I want to do this. This is what I love. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it was just so amazing, and then and then going to medical school and, and, you know, managing to do it wherever I could. And there was mm-hmm. one um, guy who was in the class above me. I wonder what kind of doctor he, but he was a wonderful yogi. I was like, I remember him like saying, you know, I can levitate. And I was like, yeah, that you can. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, you know, your savior. And um, yeah. And, and then, so, so going through that and seeing how, how necessary it is to just be, calm in your own body not that I have mm-hmm. that right so you say like where do I struggle with well that piece that shavasana that mm-hmm. is the struggle right mm-hmm. you know that's just like uh, really foreign to but to listen and to understand that if you breathe and you recognize and you kind of body scan that your body will tell you so often if you allow it to yeah. And that we don't offer that opportunity to people and we're constantly shutting them off from that signaling in the medical world and that needs to be changed. And I actually, there was a yoga as medicine. I went to a yoga as medicine retreat and, and after I was in Sonoma, I was pregnant with Maddie, so it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was because there, there, and I don't know what happened to that. I haven't really mm-hmm. followed it so much, but there was a lot more of that and there was this amazing yoga therapist from Duke that was there and I was just like oh all of this needs to we need to be on the same team Mm -hmm. yes you know because we're missing so many opportunities um of true healing and true power finding yeah um Mm -hmm. in by by not offering this and and then that's you know it's it's really a significant part of um of lifestyle medicine in many realms not as much as I think as it, it should be but it mm-hmm. but it's definitely and it's there. so nice to hear because yoga world I think got a little shaken up when yoga was refer- referred to as therapeutic and then it was a big ruckus because yoga is not medical school you don't have mm-hmm. you know the scope is not medical yeah. that being said I think if you argue that yoga is non-therapeutic I mean I 
you you can't argue that there it is a type of therapy physical emotional spiritual mm -hmm. what have you yeah whether it's labeled it or not mm -hmm. you know we can argue somatic so i'm absolutely with you mm -hmm. i am surprised it's not more prevalent as a part of but maybe that's a part of the movement yeah but you it know, is the it's, lifestyle it is part and there's been a lot of of studies with cardiovascular disease right. with yoga that showed more benefit with people that did yoga you know and, and you know you know in terms of anxiety and depression they're mm -hmm. they're you know osteoporosis there's a there's a um yoga kind of sequence that's been studied. There's just not a lot of big studies. Right. And that's, you know, in, in funding. And there's a lot whole bunch right, right, of right. other issues that where it's not commonplace. But I think that, and there's also been some injuries, right? And mm -hmm. we have to be recognized sure. that. There, sure. there is definitely, I mean, I've torn, you know, that's, you know, I, I taught some yoga anatomy for injury prevention. And it was just the most amazing thing because, you know, I have two labral tears. I've got, I've got a C6, you know, compression, what, you know, like the impingement in my neck that kind of causes carpal tunnel. There's a lot of injuries that because of, I think maybe, you know, I don't know, again, like I'm certainly no expert of this type three, what is it? But, um, the, the competitive yoga that, that I definitely yeah, yeah. Did a lot yeah. of <laughs> type threes are going to be in yeah. power yoga classes, right? Yes. Exa yeah. Exactly, and, and I had a lot of injuries from from that. Yeah, um, but in looking at that from a powerful way, and that was doing yoga in that in that um, virtual world for me was fantastic because I lost all of that, and now I'm much. I'm so much, but I can be in a class and feel like this is what I need to do where I used to not, you know, I'd had to like yes. do exactly and then, and then go further, um, in an in-person class. But, but doing virtual yoga for me was my savior yeah. because mm -hmm. I, you know, get to dive into that and, you know, what is it that's driving this injury? How can I shift what my body needs to support my joints rather than to injure them further mm -hmm. and then realize that truly what I needed to do was rehab my hamstrings. And then I do that now as part of my classes and I do what my body needs, but I wouldn't have done that had I not gotten that opportunity to dive in through virtual yoga and, and where people couldn't see me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, you know, that's a, that's a big deal because yeah. it's, you know, there's so much healing to it. And I think that particularly from someone that's not in it and that hasn't experienced it, they're only going to remember the bad things. They're only going to remember the one that got the meniscus tear or the, you know, but they're not going to recognize how many people get so much benefit from it because yeah. they're not doing the work themselves because they're burnt out as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's, there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Well, and threes, type threes, they're in what's called the heart triad, but they're actually in the center of the heart triad. triad. They repress the heart space and they tend to be thinkers and doers, and they repress a lot of their feelings, like paying attention to their body, paying attention to their feelings, so they actually don't stay attuned to their heart space. But what I heard you say is that you're starting to pay attention to what you need in a class, and that's when the three yeah. gets in a really healthy place, because yeah. they're starting to stay attuned to their needs and not just pushing themselves to do and to be the best, and so, that's yeah. really healthy. So, yeah. all right. Yeah, it's, it's a journey. <laughs> yeah, we haven't arrived. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, we don't. We don't. It's a, and the Enneagram would say that it's a lifelong process. Yeah. Yoga would say that we're just continuing to learn and grow and become and wake up yeah. to life. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you really feel like. It is like waking up. Mm -hmm. And you're constantly just, you know, I don't know if you've ever had that, that where you're reading a book and you're like, 
gosh, I can't, like, this is all new. This is amazing. I believe Oprah calls it aha moment. Yes, <laughs> yeah. aha moment. And then, and then you look and you're like, wait, I took notes on this thing before. I've read this before. And it's like, it's completely new. And it's like the very uh, same yes. thing. You've gone through it and you recognize, crap, I did read that, but like that very thing. And I obviously was, was blown away by it like three years ago when I read this before, but it never stops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's what's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you what I want to command you on. So for a type three to say, and again, listening to you, there's certain words just, just pop up in my head. You say joy a lot, and you said fun, having fun. And for a three, I think that's transformational. Yeah. Because not only are you working hard grinding, you're working hard and having fun with it. And and for you to say, for tap three to say, if you're not having fun with it, what like then what's the point of doing it? To me, I feel it's huge. Yeah. Huge in terms of growth. And one thing I would add, too, is you say the word community a lot. Yeah. And type threes, when they're their healthiest self, they move towards the six. And the six is all yeah. about community and realizing that I am because we are. Yes. And so, like, that's a healthy three as well, realizing you're not, like, this autonomy machine that we need one another yeah. on this journey but towards wholeness. That in itself, I mean, and that has come because it had to. Mm-hmm. Right, because when we started our practice, that's Chrissy and me and True Health Journey, which is where where we are, mm-hmm. and it was just basically the two of us. Then, and you just you think that the the community will come to you, mm-hmm. you know. And there was a lot of humility and recognition that it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Not only is it not going to, it shouldn't, because mm-hmm. that's not what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That what we do is create community around healthy living. And we're not going to create the community. The community is there, and we have to meet it, and we have to partner, we have to integrate. Mm -hmm. And that's really what this Blue Zone project, that's what all of this is, is to say there are so many amazing people with amazing initiatives that get into silos, right? These organizations Mm -hmm. that are doing incredible things, but if they're doing it in a silo, we can't make the change. We have to do it by uniting and bringing this together, and that's where you're going to see this ripple. And that's where it's not about, you know, and I love it because... You you just plant one seed, and then sometime down the road, it's like, oh, I saw that. I mm-hmm. saw you talk about that, and I told my team, and they did that. And now three of us are off of blood pressure medication. Right, so it's, it's like this mm-hmm. amazing thing that would never happen if you try to do it alone, and it wouldn't be um, fulfilling. Yeah, and it's just it's such a big deal because you think and I you know and I and I read that in like what is a three and it was like you can get isolated and and I felt that where mm-hmm. like you feel like you're in this on your own and also that you can't be weak, yeah. you know like yeah. if you're a specialist yeah. or if you're a you know doctor or a life so that you that I shouldn't be having any problems mm-hmm. right that you can't be weak and you can't show your vulnerability. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but only when you're like, no, 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 this isn't about, it's about us, you know? Mm-hmm. And what is that, um, Savananda, is that his name? He said, if you want to transform illness to wellness, you got to refocus from the I to the we, mm-hmm. you know? And that it's really kind of from isolation to the sense of belonging. And, and that that's really where the power comes from. Yeah. And that you can pound 
plant-based diet or you can pound whatever, you know, running or lifting or whatever your thing is, yeah. mm-hmm. you can pound it into the ground. But until we feel communal around it and mm-hmm. until we find joy in the process, yeah. then you're not getting reaping all those benefits. Yeah, that, you know, a lot of our listeners live all over. But for those who live in Chattanooga, we're saying you need to go see Kat at Southern Soul or Yoga Landing for yoga and that that's a part of the healing, and you need yeah. to go see Dr. Bazzoni to get some blood work done, and you need to go to Southern Squeeze or Cashew yeah. to get some really yeah. great plant-based food. That yeah. it's this, or Real Roots, We're too. in it together, yeah. Real yeah. Roots, yeah. Real Roots Cafe, yeah, all of those places that, yeah, that we all need one another, and we're working together yes. towards this, this goal of healthy living. So in our episode today, Kat and Dr. Bazzoni mentioned the new Netflix documentary about the Blue Zones. It's called Live to 100 Secrets of the Blue Zones. And after they mentioned it, I watched the documentary and I found it to be fascinating. I'd always heard of the Blue Zones. Blue Zones are places in the world where people live much longer lifespans than average lifespans. So it's very common in Blue Zones to meet many people who are 100 years old. And I wanted to do a top 10 list of what people in the Blue Zones do that help them to have these long lives and just really beautiful communities. So in no particular order, this is my top 10 list. Number one, they move naturally. They walk, they garden, they do housework, but they're moving constantly all day long. Number two, they have a reason for being. The Okinawans call it ikigaya, which is a reason to wake up in the morning, your meaning and purpose, just being clear about why you're here on this earth. Number three, blue zone people know how to downshift. They have stress relieving rituals, like prayer, nap time, or happy hour, and that's a part of their way of life. Number four, there's an 80% rule that you stop eating when you're 80% full. I know that's something that I need to work on in my life. Also, the smallest meal is in the evening. Another thing that's different uh, in blue zone cultures, I tend to eat my biggest meal at dinner. So. Uh, This documentary helped me to rethink that. And then it's often a plant-based diet, even if there is some meat. Meat is eaten in smaller amounts, and the focus is on veggies, fruits, whole grains. These are the staple foods. Beans are another cornerstone food for diets of those who live to be 100. And then wine. Wine is number six. Uh, There is a moderate consumption of wine, but there's also this sharing of wine with friends and family. Number seven, they have cultivated communities where you feel this sense of belonging. Like you could feel it watching the documentary that there was this real closeness in the community. And one of the ways that people in, in blue zones often belong is being a part of a faith-based community. In fact, we've learned that this can add 4 to 14 years to your life expectancy. So whether that's a yoga community, 
a church community or something else, just finding a faith-based community is a good thing. Um, Number eight, family first. This also was very, very clear in the documentary that people in Blue Zones have close and strong ties to their families. Uh, They are strongly connected to either a spouse, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins. Uh, It's just a really strong family focus in Blue Zones. Number nine, uh, this is similar to the one I just mentioned, but finding your tribe so that people in blue zones, not only are they close to their family, but they have close friends and strong social connections. And then number 10, people in blue zones tend to volunteer. They invest in their communities, but here's the thing is that helping others is not just good for those people, but it's good for you. It helps your health. People who volunteer have lower cortisol levels and they have longer lifespans. So I'm going to repeat one more time these top 10. Move naturally, have a reason for being, downshift, have stress relieving rituals, the 80% rule, stop eating when you're 80% full, a plant-based diet, even if that means you have a little bit of meat consumption, wine in moderation, finding a faith-based community and a place to belong, family first, finding your tribe, and volunteering. I hope that that was meaningful to you, but I'd encourage you to watch the documentary as well. And thanks for being with us today. Namaste. Namaste.